Good morning, Grumlaw. We are so glad that you are participating with us today. This is a celebration day. It's Baptism Sunday. This is the Sunday where literally people publicly declare their faith and declare how Jesus Christ is changing their lives. I like to say this, transformed lives transform lives. And today you can be confident that your life will be altered for the better. We're continuing the series, At the Core. And last week, we highlighted the phrase, give it up. Shay communicated, our lead pastor, and illustrated that we look most like Jesus when we are generous with our time, our talents, and our treasure. I like to call it, and I remember it, the three T's. And no, that doesn't stand for Terry. It's three T's, time, talent, and treasure. And when we give those resources that God has given to us back to him, amazing things happen. This week, today, we're going to be talking about the phrase, make it better, M-I-B. Today, I'm going to share multiple thoughts about making it better. It's fair to say, I believe you'd agree with me, people who make life better inspire others, encourage individuals, and can bring out the best in people. Jesus, the greatest human being that ever lived, always makes it better. Think about this. For those of you who have had low self-worth, you haven't felt good about yourself, and you are now connected with Christ, you're letting him transform you, the reality is this, is you have a healthier self-respect. You feel better about yourself because you are seeing the value that Christ gives to you. Speaking of value, some of you maybe have floundered at times thinking about what do I have to contribute to society? What do I have to give to my family? What is it that I can maybe do for my community and my church? And when you have aligned and understand your giftedness, the gifts that God has given you, you see the value that God has placed on you, and that value makes you appreciate life because of the value that you're bringing to other people. Jesus makes it better for those of you who have been in difficult situations. Maybe you've been given a difficult diagnosis. A, a, a medical surprise has come. And even in the crisis of that moment, the peace of God which passeth all understanding comes from Christ. And somehow, in some way, he makes it better. Maybe some of you have had a relational misstep. Maybe you were involved with someone, you weren't married, but you were acting like you were married, and it's created some chaos in your life, and you've realigned your values, your purpose with God, and he's made your relational connections much healthier. Why is that? It's because of who God is. God is light. God created light. In fact, it says in 1 John 1, 5, God is light. 
This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. In other words, he exposes the truth. He gives us the gospel, the good news. He's inspiration, illumination, instruction. God is the great creator. In the very beginning of the Bible, God said, let there be light, and there was light. It sounds simple. I promise you, it is not. Light is one of the most basic elements of the universe, and yet the greatest minds of humanity have yet to figure out exactly what it is. It has the properties of both a wave and a particle. Because it's a wave-like sound, it can sing. And because it's a particle, it literally has a place in space. Turns out, let there be light is more mysterious than first meets the eye. This we do know. Light is fast, like really fast, as in 186,000 miles per second fast. To put that in perspective, light can travel around the globe seven times in a second. 1,001. And most of our light comes from the sun, this raging ball of fire, a hundred times the diameter of our planet, burning at 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and every second produces the equivalent energy of a billion nuclear bombs. And all of this was created with one sentence from the mouth of God. And yet our sun is just a small fraction of what the phrase actually created. Our sun, the center of our solar system, is but one of the suns in a much larger galaxy. Picture our galaxy, the Milky Way, as the size of North America. Our little solar system would be the size of a quarter. And our sun is just one star of billions in the Milky Way. And the Milky Way is but one galaxy in billions of galaxies of the universe, all created with one sentence, let there be light. So when the Bible says, let there be light, it really means something. The ancient prophet Micah said, though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. There is no veil of darkness too thick for God to penetrate. The promise of scripture is that light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You may be thinking to yourself, well, that would make sense if God were here instead of there in some distant galaxy. Well, my friend, that is why God sent his son. That is the glimmer of hope that shines across the dark night of the soul. There is light. God is light. The gospel declares that those living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And that light Jesus testified about himself. I am the light of the world. No one who follows me will ever walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The very God who said, let there be light to create this world, became the light of this world. In the book of Matthew, Jesus declares over us, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven, for his light is with us. He is Emmanuel, God 
with us. God is with us. That God said, let there be light. He came as the light. In his light, we see our sinfulness and our need of a savior. The light of the world is the savior. When we let the light, Jesus, when we let the light of Jesus, his truth, expose our darkness, our sin, we can be transformed. This is absolutely amazing to me that the one who said, let there be light, came as the light, and then he says to us that we can go and be the light. And the reason that that is possible is because we're forgiven when we experience the life-changing message of the good news of the truth of God. We're forgiven and we have purpose. We understand that God is behind us and with us, and so that brings hope. Even in a pandemic where there's calamity, where there's uh, hopelessness, we have assurance because God is light. He is direction. And we also have the security and the assurance to know that after we breathe our last breath on this earth, we have an eternal home with God himself. I already referred to it back during the baptism explanation that this was in fact Baptism Sunday. A transformed life transforms lives. Your transformed life will have an impact on other people. That's why Jesus said, and it was in the presentation of God being the great creator, Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. God created the light, sent the light of the world so that we as followers of Jesus can reflect the light and guide and direct people to Jesus the light of the world. And as a result of that, we will be M-I-B, making it better. Whenever I say M-I-B, will you just say, make it better? Right now, if you're at your kitchen sink, if you're driving right now and you're listening to this, if you're listening to this in your pajamas, in your family room, in your bed, right now, M-I-B, make it it better. This is at the core of Grumlaw. This is our heartbeat. This is who we are. This is what we try to emulate to make it better. We have an individual who serves on our um, hospitality team. His name is Spencer. He is absolutely incredible. And you say, why is he incredible? He's incredible because he coupon shops to stay within budget. He literally tests different ideas that he has so that he can give the best food presentation and the best tasting food to 
our volunteers. He's making it better. He's shining the good light. Now, when I hear of a story like that, and when I see an individual like Spencer, I ask the question, how can I make it better? Maybe you're saying, how can I make it better? How can I reflect the light of Jesus wherever I go? Whether I'm in Costco, I'm at a gas station, I'm picking something up at the drugstore, I'm out on a soccer field, whatever it may be. I like to say it this way. More Jesus, more light. Less Jesus, less light. The more that people see Jesus in me, the more I'll be making it better and the more light that they'll see, the greater inspiration and illumination. When I suppress Jesus, there's going to be less light. So what I want to do is make this really practical, real life, and share several ways of how we can MIB, what is that? Make it better, and in fact, shine the light of Christ so people see Christ in you and I. The first way is this. Confess sin and get away from it. You say, why are you starting there? Because sin darkens our influence. Sin darkens our light. Sin compromises what God wants us to be. Confess your sin and get away from it. Proverbs 28, 13 says this, people who conceal, try to hide their sins, will not, cannot prosper. But if they confess, in other words, they're honest, and they turn from them, they will receive mercy. Is there something that you know from a nudge from God, a prompting from God, an inner voice from God that says that you're involved in something that is hindering you from being everything that God wants you to be? Back to that purposefulness, back to that having purpose, having meaning. Anytime we suppress sin and think it's not there and just try to pass it away, it will dim our light. I have a great friend who was an alcoholic. He's now been sober for 25 to 30 years. And he talks about staying away from the wet spots. The wet spots were the places where he used to go to get intoxicated. To this day, he does not go near those places that caused him to fall before, stumble before, and not be the person that God wanted him to be. He stays away from the wet spots. I'm in a group with some guys that I love. I love them. They love me. I've got their back. They've got my back. And a couple of weeks ago, when we were meeting, I just said, have any of you looked at porn in the last 30 days? A couple guys said, no. I said, have you looked at porn in the last 30 days? No. I looked at another guy. Have you looked at porn for the next 30, uh, in the last 30 days? He said, no. Another guy go, I had a little bit of slippage. We talked about that. There was confession. But then the guy, one of the guys who said no said, hey, wait a minute, not being honest here couple weeks ago, watched a movie on HBO. There was nudity in it. I, I, I compromised. I said, what are you going to do about it? He said, well, number one, I've confessed it to you guys. I'm going to confess it to God, but I'm getting rid of HBO. In other words, he's getting away from the wet spot. He's eliminating it. 
He's dealing with the sin. When we deal with sin, God deals with us and he brings illumination to us. I'm so, I'm so encouraged by the number of people who are putting covenant eyes on their computers where literally if they watch anything questionable, they see anything questionable, it goes back to an accountability partner who's holding them accountable to stay away from that. If you want to be the light, if you want God to infiltrate your life, if you want God to help you make it better in your life and in other people's lives, confess sin and get away from it. A second way that we can make it better and we can be the light is speak up when the temptation is to be quiet. When you see injustice taking place, speak up. Don't just slip away. When you see someone who is being discriminated against because of where they were born, the, their beliefs that they have, speak up and defend that person. The book of Proverbs is an amazing, it, um, just amazing book of words of wisdom. And it says in Proverbs 31, 8 this, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those who are being crushed. I don't know why this popped into my mind as I was prepping and praying, but I remember when I was in school a long, long time ago that I had been on a retreat and God spoke through that speaker to me, stand up for those who are being crushed. Stand up for those who are being made fun of. And the very next day after coming home, from that retreat, a guy by the name of Billy at the bus stop was absolutely picked on, ridiculed, made fun of, and I did nothing. And I remember walking onto that bus, going to the very back of the bus, putting my head on the seat in front of me and going, why didn't you do what Jesus would do? Why wouldn't you be a reflection of Jesus here and stand up for the person that's being ripped on? Well, about three days later in gym class, one of the biggest thugs and one of the biggest bullies, literally, while we were playing a hockey game, and there was a partition in the middle of the gymnasium, this bully came and put Billy into the partition so hard and so fast that it made an indentation, a mark in the wall. And I went up to that big bully, grabbed him by the collar and said, if you're going to pick on Billy, you're going to pick on me. And I'm thinking, what did I just do? This guy could crush me. And I let up my grip, and he walked away. When we reflect Christ and make a stand for those who can't stand for themselves, we may not know what to say, how to say it, what to do, but when we respond in God's spirit, he will protect us. Another way that we can make it better and, in fact, reflect the light of Christ is to stand up for Christ versus the crowd and culture. 
Now, I, I understand that some of you can go, I don't even know if I believe in Christ. I don't even know if I, I'm into this church thing. I, I, I'm just investigating why would I stand up for Christ when I get uh, a better impulse from some things that some of my friends are saying or what I'm getting on social media. I, as you explore what we're talking about here at this church, we always say this, you, you can belong before you believe and you're going to see that the way of Jesus Christ, his illumination, his inspiration, his, his, his instruction is always better. He wants the best for you consistently. He has proven himself by what he did on the cross, by what he did, by rising from the dead. Everything he said he is, he has in fact proven. Stand up for Christ versus the crowd, the culture. And peer pressure isn't just something for elementary school kids, middle school kids, or high school kids. Proverbs 29, 25 says this, fearing people is a dangerous trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. Um, my, my son lives a little bit north of my wife and I, one of our sons. And for literally a couple of years in driving to his house, I have seen a sign in front of this one home on this gravel road that says, pray to stop, pray to end abortion. And I need to confess something to you that when I first saw that, I was very cynical and I thought, what are the chances of that ever happening in light of where culture is going today? But every time I drove by, I thought, that, that is incredible that someone has that type of authenticity to stand up for what they believe. And I, I believe in the sanctity of life. I believe that we're made in the image of God. I, I believe that life is absolutely sanctioned and endorsed by God. But I don't know that I had the faith that this individual who put that sign up did. So I did something this week after years of going by that sign. I drove up a long driveway. There was an individual that was stooped over in their car, cleaning their car, and I didn't want to scare them. And they looked up and were, I said, I'm not here to scare you. I said, is, is, is the sign that's down on the lawn, is that with your house? It, it, yes. I said, I want to thank you for having faith that I didn't have. I was cynical. I've always been pro-life and believed in uh, the, the importance, the dignity of life. But I never thought that there was going to be a change in the approach to what people feel about abortion, think about abortion. And right now, today, there are signs that some laws could change. You had more faith than I had. This woman who said that she's gone out and the sign hasn't been there, it's been thrown into the ditch goes and gets that sign and puts it back up because she makes a stand for Christ. That's one of the ways that we make it better. When we support Christ, when Christ's words may be in contradiction to culture, 
but we do it with love. And I want to tell you, this woman permeated love. Another way that we can make it better and that we can shine the light of Christ, we can represent him well, is when we consciously increase our light Jesus wattage. Consciously increase your light Jesus wattage. Mark 4.21 states, Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will, in fact, shine. Uh, there's no time where uh, how we're going to shine for Christ comes out more than during crisis. Crisis can brighten our light or it can, in fact, dim our light. When I think of brightening the light in crisis, I think of somebody who's very dear to us here at Grumlaw Church. Her name is Kathleen Biggs. And when she lost her husband to cancer, the memorial service for her husband was unbelievable because of the way Kathleen, who is grounded in the word of God, knows the light of the world, is connected with the promises and presence of God the way she has carried herself since the death of her husband at that memorial service and how she is living life every single day. I think of a young girl at our church right now who their family has had several crises. She's a high school student. And she is the rock of the family because she follows the light of the world and she reflects Jesus Christ. Another way that we can make it better and we can shine for Christ and shine his light is sharing your faith unapologetically. It says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed, I don't back away, of this good news about Christ, it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. When, if, if some of you are saying, I never sense the presence of God. I don't sense God working through me. Just start talking about your Jesus story and you will be empowered and you will feel the power of God because it is the power of God. This isn't something that you have to do, you should do, but transformed lives transform lives. And the reality is this, is that when we are walking with Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis by reading the word of God, praying, being in communication and communion with him, it just becomes natural. Share your faith unapologetically. We say this often at Grumlaw. Who's your one? Who is that person who's far from God, doesn't know Jesus, hasn't been maybe exposed to the light and love and life of Jesus? Who is that one that you're praying for? Who is that one that you're looking for opportunities to reflect Christ? It's not a checklist, but it's who we are and what we're becoming. It's transformational. I, I, I think of these baptism stories that we're going to hear. Do you, the, the reason that we, that we ask all people who are being baptized to go on camera 
and be videoed is because we know that when you, when you share your story, when they share their stories, other stories will be told. When it's on camera, we're then able to use that in social media, in our services, and in other avenues by which people can hear about the life-changing message of Jesus. I hope these are helpful to you. I want to share one last way that we can make it better. We can be the light. Respond to needs over and above your percent giving. Now, for those of you who may not understand that terminology, percent giving, last week, Shay spoke on giving of our time, our talents, and our treasures, our finances, and he challenged people to be giving away a percentage of their income and increasing that every single year. So the idea here is that when a need comes up, that we don't say, well, this is the percentage I'm giving, like I'm giving 10%, so I'll take it away. No, respond to needs over and above whatever percentage of giving that you're giving. That's why it said in the presentation we gave on the screen and in the verses that we read, let your good deeds actually come out of your very life so people can see Christ. I like to say it this way. Don't be a little bit in with Christ, but step in, step up, and step out. In other words, all in. Christ was all in for you. God was all in for you. God is, Jesus is all in for you. Step in fully, and then step up and do something maybe you've never done before, and you're doing that by stepping out in faith. Last week, Shay, when he spoke on giving, he said, if you're not uncomfortable with what you're giving back to the Lord, then it probably isn't enough. Let, let, let's go to a passage of scripture that really deals with this. Matthew 25. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? or naked, and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it, in fact, to me. Over and above what you've planned on giving, step up, step in, step out, and in fact, make it better. Here's the statement that's on our website and that we review regularly about making it better. We will always strive to leave it better than we found it in all areas of life, but particularly with people. 
It's so easy to be apathetic and take on the attitude, it's not my problem. But when we are constantly driven to make it better, it's best for you and the you beside you. Can I just talk honestly here? Don't let complacency, apathy, a hardened heart, or disobedience dim your light or hinder you from making it better. Make it better. Our world today is in desperate need of experiencing the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And it's beyond my comprehension that he says to those who are being transformed by Jesus, you go and be my light. Show them who I am. Many years ago, uh, I had the privilege of writing a book on self-respect. And in that book, I shared a story about a girl by the name of Wendy. Wendy was in our campus life club. And Wendy had an experience with Jesus. And she came to know Jesus. She literally came to me one time and said, I have everything. I go on the best vacations. I have the greatest parents. I'm popular in school, and she wasn't saying that egotistically because she was popular in school. Uh, she was uh, energetic. Uh, she was, that's why she was a cheerleader, but she came to me and she said, uh, there's something missing in my life, and she realized that she needed Jesus. And after she came to faith and she was growing in her faith. I happened to be in the cafeteria of the school and I can get emotional even tell this story right now. I saw Wendy walk into the, I saw her walk into the cafeteria and she had her cheerleading uniform on and all of her jock friends and cheerleader friends said, hey Wendy, we switched, we're sitting over here today and she started to walk towards them and as she started to walk towards them, she turned and pivoted because we had done, we had done a meeting on making it better and looking out for some people that maybe don't have a lot of friends. And she went and she sat down across from a girl who every single day sat by herself, every single day. And you should have seen the looks on the faces of all the popular kids. And I was close enough that I could hear it. She said, hi, my name's Wendy. What's your name? And the girl said, my name's Michelle. And Wendy said, could I eat with you today? And the girl lost it. She goes, you eat with me today? And she said, no, Michelle. I would like to eat with you every day. Wendy made it a lot better for Michelle. And she reflected the light of Christ, not only to Michelle, but to an entire cafeteria. You can do the same thing. Make it better this week.